one year ago today, I walked into a radio studio in Spokane, Washington, KQNT, to host Rush Limbaugh's program the day after the Maha died. Um, let's remember that together today. Not, not the show, the man. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. A year ago today, I drove very early that morning into the radio station, iHeart station in Spokane, KQNT. My friends had even give me card key access and I drove into the parking lot in a cold day and went in to do three hours of radio. And we'd been doing that a week at a time, every two to three weeks, uh, as Rush Limbaugh was battling cancer. And the night before, the day before, actually, I had gotten off of my radio show at KTTH in Seattle and was headed out um, for a workout. Walked out of the home studio, walked into the kitchen. My wife was listening to Rush's program. And my wife said, oh God, Todd, Rush. And I looked at her and my phone rang. And it was a gentleman named Craig Kitchen. Craig was Rush's personal manager, and he is, well, to this day, works on the legacy of Rush. He was also a very, very dear friend to Rush and and for Rush. Um, Craig called me and said, I am so sorry, you're fine. He said, Has, have you heard? I said, no, I think I said, I picked up the phone. I said, oh my goodness, Craig, my, my wife is listening to the program. She just told me, he said, I am so sorry you're finding out this way, Todd. We needed to keep the news close to the vest. I said, I understand totally. And he said, he would ask me to host the show uh, the following day, the day after Rush passed. And understanding that it was going to be a memorial for the greatest radio host who ever lived and and thinking of of people who knew him so well. I spoke to Rush a couple of times. He meant the world to me as a mentor from afar. To think of going in and doing that that day was, number one, an incredible honor. Number two... It was breathtaking in responsibility. And you can see, by the way, if you're on our Substack email, you will be able to see the actual show rundown that we used that day. 
on our Substack. Um, so make sure you get that. If you want to see the show rundown is the paperwork, not the paperwork, but it's the outline of the show. So you can see what that looked like, what I was holding in my hands, in other words, and what uh, team EIB had created that day. And, and that was, that day was a day for team EIB to control what, what was on the program. And certainly I had input. Uh, there's no script. Rush would never allow such a thing. Script. And walking into that studio, I had this big decision to make for me. I, I could have wept. Uh, I could have cried openly. And I asked Craig and I asked Ali and others, um, like, this is really raw for all of us, you especially. But uh, guys, I could break up crying. And what Craig said to me was, Todd, share your emotions with the audience. They, they need that. And you are going to be able to walk the line really well between professional broadcast and letting the emotions show. I can't listen to, and I never have, I can't listen back to that day. I never have. I remember it. I, I can remember the first words I spoke. It was about God had called the debt. He said, it's time to bring the talents I loaned you back. Uh, <laughs> I said in the five-minute focus, I didn't know how I was going to get through this. I, I, I'm always surprised at how much the man meant to me. And when I got the news, I was going to fill in for him, man. I thought I had it the first time. And by the way, it was the day before my birthday. I had it. It's okay. I've listened to the show my whole life. I spent weeks listening to his bumper music, so I'd be used to it. You know, and I'd heard it my whole life, but um, I spent weeks listening to, to it in my car. So it just became a normal thing that, hey, this is what you're going to hear. Don't let the body be surprised. But dang it, when that started rolling and at KTTH Studios, KTTH.com. My friend Brian Seuss is doing radio there now. My friend Jason Rance continues to do radio. When this first started rolling, I, I, I utterly, I lost it. I thought someone's going to walk into the room and say, hey, you, you we, we forgot that you're just this small-time punk. You can't do this. Get out of the studio. He's worked as a Fortune 500 technology executive and was CEO of the first internet radio network. He's a digital political strategist, helping the right side use new technology more effectively. He's a public speaker, sitting in for Rush Limbaugh today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Todd Herman. It is a huge honor to fill in for Rush Limbaugh on the radio show that's meant so much to me. 800-282-2882 if you want to join the show. It is Open Line Friday, and I thank Johnny Donovan for the bio. I'm also a dad and a husband, and those are very, very important things to me. Lots to talk about. First of all, Gavin Newsom. Yeah, there's always lots to talk about on Rush's program because you had the, the, the best team in radio helping you prep. And the prep went on throughout the show every time. You had the best team in radio um, at, at working with you and treating you as family. That was what was so 
amazing is the way this incredibly successful group of people treated us. And what was weird, and it's, I think that's the right way to say it, is as a host, you have your opinions and the way you say things. And when you are filling in for the mantle of your industry, and anybody who says that, that Rush didn't rescue talk radio is, number one, ill-informed or lying. Because he did. He did, and it wouldn't exist without him. And he rescued the AM band, by the way. Um, when you are doing that, the, the weight of the brand is one thing. Uh, you respect the brand. The weight of who he was to me because again, I only spoke to him a few times. The weight of who he was to me was so vivid to me because I wanted to do honor to him because it was, it was his refusal to quit. His refusal to give in to people who say you can't. It was him who talked about, he didn't go to college. College wasn't for him. His family to this day is a you know group of, of the intellectual giants. His brother David is one of the kindest, most intelligent men yeah, I've ever met. Supportive, wonderful, Christ knowing, Jesus needing man. And I'm sure that David was relieved to hear Rush share his faith with all of us as 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 Rush was nearing what Rush called his expiration date. Rush had said, never let people who didn't tell you you can't. They will not want you to succeed if they didn't. Never let people who didn't tell you you can't. That became a mantra for me. And I know, and we never found the sound clip. I know because I was in Spokane when I first heard Rush tell the story. There was a radio general manager in Spokane who told Rush Limbaugh, you will never make it in radio. You have no future. You are not ever going to be anything in this business. Get out of it. You cannot do it. You, you're terrible at this. And the reason I remember that is that on the anniversary of the show, one, one, of the, one of the many, many anniversaries of the show, Rush celebrated that and said his name. And I was, I was nearby the building where, where that radio station was. I could drive to it today. I know right where it was. And I remember thinking, wow, a guy from Spokane, Washington said that to the, to the greatest radio host who ever lived. And that statement, never let people who didn't tell you you can't animated me, not just to go into radio. Yes, Rush inspired that absolutely without question. So did Paul Harvey. Um, so did Ron Owens. Uh, Ron Owens, they were great hosts, but Rush, Rush pushed it. That was it. The moment I heard Rush, friend meant, uh, a friend of mine said, you got to listen to Rush. The moment I heard that, I said, people can do that and get paid. I'm in. But that led me to say, I'm starting an internet radio network with friends. It actually wasn't my idea. It was someone else's idea. I stepped in and helped run it and ultimately became the CEO and, and raised the money and led the team. 
And, and it was Russia's words. Never let people who didn't tell you, you can't, well, you can't do that. You, you've never, how can you raise money from Silicon Valley? You don't even have a, uh, you don't even have a, uh, you know, a degree of any kind. Okay. They didn't, they're telling me I can't No, uh-uh. I went right back to rush and right back to that way of thinking and that mantra. So it's great, great to remember a conversation I had with James Golden And James talked about all the times that Rush Limbaugh was told, well, not all the times, because you know what? You could spend, you could spend, you could spend 50 years, 50 years recounting all the times that Rush was told you can't. This is James Golden. You know him as Bo Snerdly. He has an incredible radio show um, in New York City that he does. And I encourage you to subscribe to James' podcast. So multiple times that the show was not going to succeed. That In fact, there was, um, and I just talked with someone the other day who remembered um, a general manager of the station telling him, your show is going nowhere. This will not do anything. <laughs> uh, he was told that he was in the wrong time period that no one would listen during that time period. He was told that the elements of the show wouldn't work. He was told all of that and all of the naysayers were wrong. Every single one of them wrong. (laughs) All these things went through my mind as I was in that studio. And I guess I should have brought a picture of the inside of the studio. I've got all sorts of pictures of the outside of the studio. But the clock came up and I was watching it tick by. And I think I said to the team, okay, is everybody okay? And I don't think everybody was okay. And the show continued. Um, I learned later that James Boastner, they just simply couldn't. He was so close to Rush. Those are stories that James tells in his book, Rush on the Radio. Buy it, please. No, I mean, thank me. Come back and thank me for having read it. And because so many of you learned of me uh, through Rush's program, and so many of you were listening that day, I want you to know that I, I could feel our sadness. We are, as, as Christian people, we're the body of Christ. And when a member hurts, when we're fully connected in the spirit, we all hurt. And that's, that's throughout scripture that's stated. One of the members hurts, we all hurt. The finger hurts, the mind hurts. We were hurting that day, and I, 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 it's a full confession. It's my conscience is absolutely clear when I tell you this. I could feel all of our sadness. Most approximately to me was the change in tone of, of my friends behind the scenes at EIB, but just as heavy was the feeling I was getting from you. And in fact, when the, the folks at iHeart, um, Brad and, and Mark and, and, and Brent and the team came in 
um, their tone was different. Now, see, here's the thing that sounds, I mean, yes, our, our, the Maha died. Team EIB's close dear friend, the boss, the boss, they called him the boss, the boss died. Well, I mean, it was leading up to that. Rush had said he'd already passed his expiration date. So why was it a shock? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the previous week, um, I had gotten off the air and I got a phone call from James or Craig. I can't recall which. I think it was, I think it was Craig saying, hey, great news. We expect Rush back next week. We might need you to come in on Monday, but by Tuesday, we expect the boss to come back. I was thrilled. I went home so excited because Rush had been off the air for some time. And I went home so excited and happy. The boss is back. So I think all of us expected the Maha to be back. And all of us look forward to his triumphant return because so many times he'd been told, you, you, you can't. And Rush, of course, never let those who couldn't tell you, you can't. Never let people who, you know, who couldn't do it with cancer, with the struggles that Rush was going through, tell Rush he couldn't. Ultimately, it was the Lord. We said, Rush, you're coming home now. And guys, for the life of me, I, I do not believe that that timing was incidental. Rush had been meeting, and he talked about this uh, with spiritual advisors. And, and I know his brother David is a, is a devout Jesus needer, disciple making man. <clears throat> I don't think it was incidental that Rush chose in a monologue to share his, his deep faith, his belief in Christ Jesus. And the respect that we had for, for the, the Maha was such that, that I, I know because I saw the emails to me that there were people whose faith was, was, was emboldened that day. There were people who said, I need to take a second look at this faith uh, I, I've, I'm, I need to dig into the faith and I believe, I believe that Russia's pain was alleviated and he was taken home to be with the King Jesus. Um, and I believe that probably at that moment, the Lord said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, Rush did so much for our country. He bought us time. He was right about the Russia hoax. He was right about what the Democrats would do with COVID. He was right about the tyranny they want to install. He was right about all of it. He is right about all of it. He's in heaven, right about all of it. But he was right to share his faith. And I don't think the timing of the Lord calling him home was incidental. So we were shocked. I was shocked. And when we began the program, a nutty thing occurred. Rush had told all of us, let the show be the show. 
And as sick as he got, he never wanted us to focus on that. He didn't. He wanted the show to be the show. The show became the show. We were sad, horribly sad. And we listened to clips of, our, of, of, of the Maha. And I want you to hear in a second here from Dean Karyanis what it was like for Rush in the closing days. Because I only recently in January learned about how hard of a fight, big of a fight it was for Rush to be able to do the program at all during that period of time. This podcast simply wouldn't exist the size it does. Um, We've been in the Apple now top 200 global, top 50 for news. Um, So soon we took the podcast live end of November of last year. It simply wouldn't be at the place it's at without my my good friend, Zach Abraham. We're going to talk with Zach next hour. And man, if there's ever a day to talk about financial news, it's today, episode 58, hour two. Zach will join us. Inflation at this insane rate. Canada has announced, yeah, we're going to seize crypto. We're going to outlaw it too, if you don't use it the way we want you to. Uh, If folks want to understand why I am so dead set against any form of digital currency from the government, that's why. You can't spend your money that way. Uh, So Zach is going to join us. Zach as well is helping people get out early, retire early from companies that have become abusive. Um, and forcing people to take injections or tests, et cetera. And hopefully those companies will step that back now, but the instinct is still there. Oh, sure, we'll force you to do these things. So Zach will look at your plan, your early retirement or your retirement plan. If it has an early retirement option, Zach will look at that for you. He'll just do the math. I mean, he's a caring man. He's a very kind man. You know that you've heard him on the program. He's a steward that at Bower Capital Management. They focus on risk management. Because right? like, you, you don't want to lose money and they want you to grow your wealth. That's, that's part and parcel of this. Uh, but he'll look at it mathematically and come back with a rational answer and tell you if you can retire early. So if, that is, you know, if, if you're curious about that, you have a desire to get out, well, then trust Zach to help you with that. The decision. And then, in fact, the retirement. So just call Zach at um, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. And remember that before you become a client, investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. And since we're remembering, I just want to thank Zach again for his role in making sure that this podcast has gone at this level at which it is. So that day was a shock because we didn't expect the Maha to have passed because I was not the only one who was told that, that Rush would be back. And I was told later Rush absolutely believed he would be on the air that day. One year ago, to, uh, it, would be, uh, it would be yesterday, uh, one year ago yesterday. Uh, today is the, the mark of the day that I went in and did the memorial show, which is basically a memorial show. I want you to hear this from my friends and uh, Coco Juniors, what Rush named them, uh, Dean Karyanis. Uh Dean has a history podcast. It's a great, great, great program. It's uh, constantly writes at uh, Washington Times. Brilliant mind. We'll have him back on the show. He talked about how difficult it was for Rush to even do the program at this time. And we, he and I were visiting on this podcast. And by the way, 
entirely deaf, let's not forget. With the cochlear implant, there's a little bit of hearing, but it ain't Jamie Summers, the bionic woman, where it's better. It's way worse. So he's deaf. He's undergoing the chemotherapy. He has this advanced lung cancer. He's in pain, and there he is doing it, bringing it to the audience. And he he would need help just to get out of the chair at the end, to lift his briefcase, to be able to get into the car to get out of there. And yet the audience was the thing and he wasn't going to come on if he couldn't give a hundred percent. The conversation before that, what I had said to Dean was I challenge anyone to try to do what Rush did healthy. Try it. Try talking for three hours with a stack of articles as your guide. Rush, Rush, Show prep was ongoing. He always said, life is show prep. I challenge people who've never done it, try it. See how easy it is. Uh, I've seen people, uh, you know, I, I've, uh, and this isn't to deride them. It's a difficult thing. You know, I've seen people who are TV people or people who are politicians or speakers, public speakers, sit down and they are on fire for 10 minutes, 15 minutes or 20 minutes. And after that, there's this look in their eyes of, dear Lord, I'm out of material. Yeah, when you, when you have achieved what Rush re- achieved, the three hours a day you heard were backed up by nine hours a day you didn't see. Nine hours a day of reading, of watching um, TV, of listening, of reading books, of talking to experts and, uh, and talking to people that Rush respected. There's, there's the 12 hours a day. This is the part that is always going to be meaningful to me. Do you know that he was pro- perhaps financially the most successful of all radio hosts? Uh, I, I, you know, there's Howard Stern, who's a filthy mouthed um, tyrant. And Joe Rogan's been very successful and, and has a massive audience. In terms of financial success, one of the reasons that Rush was so successful was because he was so brilliant and he had a brilliant team of advisors. What they did in digital, the bet that Rush placed on digital, RushLimbaugh.com, the subscription service, the ditto cam, the, the, that's, that, that bet that Rush placed was a brilliant business bet because at the time that Rush was making that bet, people in radio... They, they sneered at the web. I was there. I know because I was helping at that point um, when Rush was making those innovations. I, I was at Microsoft trying to push radio companies to do this, trying to trying to cajole them, to convince them. And a lot of them at that point saying, no, nah, no, nah, saying, come on, this is nothing. It's slow. And and the radio sounds terrible. They they just failed to understand how technology changes every 18 months. The processing power doubles. Rush knew that. And with the financial success that he had, there was actually no reason for Rush to continue to do the program. He had enough money that no one in his family ever would need to work again if, if Rush chose to distribute the monies. Certainly Lady Catherine would never need to. Not that she's not successful on her own. She is. He kept doing it because of you. Because of me. So as the program unfolded and we heard all of these remarks from Sean Hannity and um, from from stalwarts of conservative media and um, friends of Russia's and, and, and golfers and football players, and I just heard a consistent theme. 
everybody was impacted by the Maha. Everybody was impacted for the better. And there were some haters. We didn't air them that day. We aired them later. They sounded so small. You know, there were the people who sickeningly celebrated Russia's death and they sounded so small. And I saw some of it when I was on the air come across Twitter and they sounded so small. And all of us had the same response. We'll pray for you. And the show wrapped. And I will not tell you who called me because it's such a private conversation. It meant so much to me that, that we wrapped the show and I felt called to say, as Rush was dying, he made the decision to share his faith in Jesus Christ. And I wonder, I wonder, with those last words, was that the last gift and the most important gift that the Maha ever gave this audience? I got a phone call from one of the members of Team EIB who said to me with tears, what you said in the end was not lost on me. And perhaps my friend was speaking to me. Well, I think our friend, because Rush did consider you friends, was speaking to all of us. I'll share with you something that um, James Golden told me because I'll tell you that it's a full circle moment for me because it wasn't from the boss, but it was from the boss's lieutenant. I didn't even remember that James said this. I just started to prep for this podcast and, ah, man, I didn't think I'd cry. Dang it. You know, Rush um, loved children, despite not having his own. The, the reason he did the uh, the books that he did, uh, Rush Revere, books that uh, he and Catherine did, and Catherine carries on the legacy of that, was Rush's great love of kids. My friend John loves his sons. Uh, he has three sons, two of whom are, are very impacted by autism and some other significant health issues. And what Alan Soap does, Alan Soaps, is it's a place for Alan, one of these young men, to work. And I mean, really work. Um, I'm going to post a picture today of Alan with his, uh, his grandma and watermelons. Now, why? Because there are three cents of Alan Soaps that are made in America, small batch, all of them, small batches, all of them quality control, bar by bar, every single time. Alan's favorite scent is the, um, is the jasmine watermelon because it reminds him of grandma. And so I will post a picture that you can see about what, 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 works in Alan's mind as he um, celebrates his beloved grandma with this. So, so there's three flavor or not flavors. I always say that's like Tide Pod generation, three cents. My favorite uh, of, of all is the Cedarwood, uh, Cedarwood Jasmine. Um, and my wife's is lavender is the vanilla lime, uh, vanilla lime, lavender, rosemary. Now, what you get with this is you're supporting a company created for the best reason. And that reason was in fact, to, to make sure that Alan, and his brothers have fundamentally important work and Alan's soaps will, in fact, Alan's artisan soaps will, in fact, continue to help other companies do this. You'll also be getting for every single bar of soap you buy today, one dollar will go to the Special Olympics. That's another way to show young people that they need not be limited. 
So that will be, that's, that's a, a bit of knowledge you can have as well. Not just a great company, not just great soaps, but in fact, that support system for people. All you need to do to do that, to get that done is go to allensoaps.com. That's allensoaps.com and simply use my name, Todd, at the checkout. That's T-O-D-D. Use my name, Todd, at the checkout. Allensoaps.com. All right. Uh, If I can make it through this without falling into being an emotional mess, that's going to be really great. It all began um, running. It it all began for me filling in for Rush when I got a call from Craig uh, through through my friend Jason, by the way, at KTTH. Jason sat me down and said, do you have any... uh, any interest in filling in for Rush Limbaugh? <laughs> uh, it was funny. Jason had known me for a long time, and, and I was stunned. He said, wow, I'm finally seeing you speechless. Um, and he was seeing me speechless. Um, so it all began with a phone call from Craig and then a conversation with James Golden. And James is the defender of the brand. Um, and to this day now in his own radio show, which is very much his own, it's no imitation of Russia's it's James's, um, a great radio talent who understood how to put on a radio show. So I never did get to have a moment of closure with rush to say to him what I wanted to say before he died, which was, um, once again, thank you. I'd got to say that before, but never got that moment of closure. So for me to hear this from, James Golden. I didn't even remember James had said it until this morning. I started to prep. This was again on KTTH. You can get him at KTTH.com, 770 in Seattle. This is what James said as as he and I together remembered Rush as we were talking about James's book, Rush on Radio. Many of it, you know, and Todd, I just have to tell everybody, um, look, you know, I've worked with a lot of guest hosts over the years, over those 30 years. A lot of people, well, not a lot. It was a, it's kind of a small click, but I've never met anybody that prepares for a show quite like Todd Herman. And that preparation began so many hours and hours and hours before the show and always so well prepared, always such, you know, it's amazing because now we're friends and we're we're friends and close friends. But back then, when you were first starting as a guest host, it was like, I was really excited to work with you because I had heard some of your tapes, um, you know, well, some of the recordings of your shows. I'm like, this guy's really talented. But um, Todd, you're just an incredible broadcaster too, and it was just an honor and a pleasure to have you as a guest host on the Rush Limbaugh show. Uh, so, uh, wow! You know when you get uh, from someone you so respect that they find that they say to you, "I'm proud of you." Uh, I never got to. Uh, it's a cold phrase. <laughs> Close the loop with Rush. But to hear that from his lieutenant, uh, it's really hard to listen to. If you ever get the opportunity to work on behalf of someone who was the founder of your medium, you'll understand this. You'll understand how it feels. To stand in the, in the shoes of a giant that, that you could never fill. And I would just add one last thing. 
I am fully aware of why we have the audience size we do. Number one, the great years I spent at KTTH in Seattle. And thank you to Bonneville for that. Number two, um, the opportunity to fill in for our friends, Rush. And number three, um, the providence of God Almighty. So as you remember Rush today, as you remember him, remember the time he bought this nation and remember that every single day up to and including needing to be helped into the car, he couldn't carry his own briefcase. The talent God loaned him brought him into the studio, the love of the, of the medium of radio and the love of you. And I do believe God called him home on that day where Rush, after Rush had said what he said about the faith and about his faith. Thank you, Rush Hudson Limbaugh III. Thank you, Team AIB. Thank you, all of you. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. And yes, all of us together, let's be right with God.